glad you're here. Welcome to um, this uh, daily teaching from the book of Habakkuk. Um, I hope this is an opportunity for you to join in and to grow and to learn. And uh, maybe you're working from home. Maybe you're catching this out as you're out on the road. Maybe you're listening to the podcast as it's um, uploaded later in the day. Uh, maybe you're watching the replay wherever you are, wherever you're engaging this. I just want to say welcome. I'm glad that you're here. Um, we're going to be uh, studying, uh, as we talked about yesterday, we're starting um, this study in the book of Habakkuk because I think Habakkuk has unique um, promise and unique application for us as we are uh, in this in this season of, uh, of cultural crisis and, um, and crisis in uh, in terms of the coronavirus and the quarantines and the sickness and the disease that's um, coming upon um, so many. And so, um, welcome. I want to start us off with a word of prayer, and, uh, and we'll dive into Habakkuk 1. We're going to be in verses 1 through 4 this afternoon. I'm used to saying this morning from preaching, but we're going to say this afternoon. Father, thank you for um, your word that you gave to the prophet Habakkuk as he approached you in complaint and lament and questioning um, that uh, you spoke to him and you revealed to him um, your word and he bore the burden or the pronouncement of his vision with valor and with faith and passed down to your children for generations the truth that you saved by faith that you don't abandon your people that even in seasons of exile in seasons of suffering, that you are present. So I pray now that we would learn from this prophet Habakkuk as we engage the way he approached you in questioning and and lament. And uh, as we ask questions, as we lament, and as we wonder what's happening in our culture, in our world, in many ways, but specifically as we're, our whole lives are being turned upside down by the prevention measures and and often health issues related to the coronavirus and COVID-19, I pray that you would help us to be faithful and that is full of faith in you because of who you are and what you've done for us in Jesus Christ. And in his name we pray. Amen. So um, this this afternoon we're going to look at the, the issue of how to protest from a place of faith. How to protest from a place of faith, and I'm trying. The lighting is just I can't can't quite get it right here. I was working on this and um, how to protest from a place of faith, and we're going to see Habakkuk approach God um, uh, with a couple of questions, and we're going to see today how to faithfully uh, question God, how to faithfully question God, and the first thing we're going to see in Habakkuk one one is that you must bear your burden well. You must bear your burden well. You see there in verse 1, we already looked at this a little bit yesterday. Uh, We're going to look at it in a little more detail um, today. And that is that um, Habakkuk, the prophet, saw a pronouncement. Verse 1-1, I'm using the CSB. um, The pronouncement that the prophet Habakkuk saw. So he sees... um, Still moving a little bit. There we go, man. It might be a little bit better. Um, he sees this vision. And, and what's interesting is the word there for pronouncement is the word 
uh, for the, the Hebrew word there is burden. So he, he, for him, this, this prophetic insight, this prophetic revelation um, is not uh, necessarily this joyful, um, happy thing. It's, it's there, it's, it's a burden. It's, it's something that weighs upon him and, and weighs on him because for, for Habakkuk, the burden of the revelation of being a prophet is the burden of, of not merely speaking to the people for God, as often prophets would do, but of speaking to God for the people, one, one commentator says. Um, God is revealing himself in the midst of this conversation that Habakkuk the prophet has with him uh, as he approaches God in this complaint or lament or this prayer. Um, one writer says, Habakkuk insisted upon confronting God face to face and asking God the hard questions of life. He wasn't satisfied until answers came and dialogue ensued. Only when Habakkuk had wrestled in conversation with God and created a faith understanding of his own did he present a message to the public. And I think um, there we see uh, a pattern for us that, that often conversation with God, prayer with God, can be a way of opening ourselves up to what God has to say to us and what God has uh, to show us in a specific season of life. Yesterday we talked about the fact that Habakkuk is a prophet, a navi, someone who is a spokesman for God, and how he has this prophetic vision. The word there is saw. This is the pronouncement, Habakkuk 1.1, that the prophet Habakkuk saw. And, and we see here that a prophet is a, is a person with divine clarity in a season of clouded vision, that he's a person with divine clarity in a season of clouded vision. Um, this is the nature of what it means to be a follower of Jesus and to be a Christian. Is It's to be someone um, who... Uh, sorry. Might be able to hear me better now. Um, so the microphone is actually for the podcast. It's not uh, connected to the live stream, unfortunately. So hopefully that, that's a little bit better. Sorry if you couldn't hear me. Um often uh, conversation with God and prayer with God is a way that God opens up our hearts to what he wants us to see. And dialoguing with God, obviously, um, often we don't experience uh, direct revelation uh, as Habakkuk did, but, but we do have the revelation of God in the scripture, and he speaks to us through his word. Um, but but un- unlike Habakkuk, who sees this vision, our portion is to walk by faith rather than by sight. Um, when, when Thomas doubts the re- re- resurrection of Jesus and the apostles, the other, the other disciples say, we saw the Lord, he says, unless I touch his side and unless, unless I see him with my eyes, I'm not going to believe. And Jesus tells Thomas, blessed are you, um, but blessed are those who s- have not seen and believe. Um, sometimes uh, it's hard to believe in a God we can't see. Sometimes it's hard to believe in, in an invisible being and invisible promises. Um, sometimes we pray things like, God, show yourself to me. And uh, he, doesn't always, he doesn't always answer that directly in the way that we want him to. Um, but Habakkuk is a man with prophetic vision, divine vision, divine clarity in a season of clouded 
thinking and vision. And uh, we talked yesterday about the, the, the when of, of Habakkuk's ministry, that he's, he's ministering at this crisis inflection point in the life of the people of Israel. He's, he's ministering at the end of the reign of one of the greatest kings that Judah ever had, King Josiah, who dies at a young age, and that God says, even still from uh, Josiah's grandfather Manasseh's wickedness, I'm going to bring judgment, I'm going to bring discipline, I'm going to bring exile, I'm going to deport you through the nation of Babylon to the nation of Babylon. And Habakkuk is called into this moment of crisis and this season of crisis to, to be the spokesman for God and really to be the intercessor between the people and God and to, to ask God uh, and to model for the people um, how to approach God in seasons of crisis and suffering. Um, some have called uh, the season of our, of our uh, culture, our society, Digital Babylon. Um, the Barna Group has a book about, about that. And, uh, and, uh, and, and so we see here that, that this exile, I saw a friend of mine post on social media earlier today that we're being exiled in this season to Digital Babylon as they, the, the people of Israel, were, were physically exiled to Babylon. We are being um, sort of physically exiled to our, our homes and our communities, uh, are, are scattered and not gathered. We're, um, we're having to engage one another through Facebook Live and through Zoom and conference calling, and uh, we're doing our best to, to, to practice that social physical distancing like the authorities have recommended and, and being wise about stopping the spread of this virus, and, and it feels like exile. Well, Habakkuk knows exactly that type of season because he was ministering right at the first wave of Babylonian deportations. There was a series of three of them over the course of 19 years in the in the life of Israel, and he's probably ministering right before the first one, um, as we're going to see it next time uh, in the second half of chapter one. For now, though, what, what we're seeing is that the, the culture has decayed, and Habakkuk is a man who's called to bear the burden of prophetic ministry in a season of crisis. And so the first thing we see in, in how to qu- faithfully bring our questions to God is to bear our burden well. Habakkuk bore the burden of prophetic calling well. And I don't know what your, your calling may be uh, in this season, but um, it's in so, some I know in, in our church are in medical, the medical field, and that's a, a massive uh, burden to bear in this season. Others are in uh, financial situations where the, you know, the, the job or, or business is, is, struck, is struggling because of what's happening with the economy. Um, our calling now, maybe you're, you're a mom or you're a dad and you're home with your kids, our calling in this season is to bear the burden God has given us well, just like Habakkuk bore the burden that God gave him well to the blessing of the people of God now for 2,600 years since. Because he bore the burden well, the people of God have been immensely blessed through his ministry uh, for hundreds and hundreds of years. So that's the first thing, bear your burden well how to faithfully question God. The second thing in verses two through four is to protest from a place of faith, to protest from a place of faith. So Habakkuk isn't just saying, thy will be done, O Lord. Now that's a, a, a prayer of faith to pray, but he's actually bringing to God his complaint and his lament based on the decay of the spiritual and cultural decay that he sees in 
the nation of Israel around him. So look at Habakkuk 1, 2 through 4. He says, How long, O Lord, must I call for help and you don't listen, or cry out to you about violence and you don't save? Why do you force me to look at injustice? Why do you tolerate wrongdoing? Oppression and violence are right in front of me. Strife is ongoing and conflict escalates. This is why the law is ineffective and justice never emerges. For the wicked restrict the righteous. Therefore, justice comes out perverted. We see here two questions of faithful protest, two questions of bringing our complaints and our laments and our questions to God. And the first question is, how long? How long, O Lord, must I call for help and you don't listen? Um, You've been there. I've been there. We've all felt like this, where we're praying and we're praying and there's no answer. Um, One writer says, The old easy assurances that peace, health, long life, and prosperity were tokens of divine approval have collapsed in the faith of Habakkuk's experience. But in the midst of his hardship and privation, God... Habakkuk comes to know God more fully and to rejoice in him for his own sake and not for the benefits he bestows. How long, O Lord, must I call for help? Now in here, what we see is Habakkuk has God right, but he has the, 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 the assumptions of what God may do um, somewhat disordered. But sometimes our, our prayers are not, aren't answered. It's not because we're, we're not uh, praying consistently, but we're not praying to the right God. Here we see there uh, in verse 2, if you have your Bibles, and like I said yesterday, I should have said this at the beginning, reminded you, you're going to learn better if you have something to write with and something to write on, but you don't have to. Um, but if you have your Bibles or your app or whatever you're using, in Habakkuk 1-2, we see it says, how long, Lord? And then it's all smaller capital letters, which indicates that this is the Hebrew name Yahweh, the name of the covenant God of Israel, the one who uh, created the world, who called Abram out of Ur, who entered into covenant with Abram and his people through Moses. This is the God that Habakkuk's praying to. So so Habakkuk has the right God. Now, sometimes we pray and, and God doesn't seem to respond because we're not actually praying to the God who actually is there. We're praying to a God of our own creation, our own imagination. We're praying to a false God that we have created or someone has created for us. And that's why there's no answer, because you're praying to something that doesn't exist. Um, Paul says of the Jews in Romans 10 too, they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. And that's because they believed in the one true God of the Old Testament, but they didn't believe in the God of the gospel in the New Testament. And so maybe your prayers... Are, are bouncing off the ceiling because you're praying to a God who doesn't exist. There is one true and living God. He has revealed himself in the scripture. The Hebrew scripture we call the Old Testament. The Christian scripture we call the New Testament are one big storyline, 66 books, Genesis to Revelation, reveal the nature of the God who is there, the Father who sent the Son and sent the Spirit. This is the triune God who is there and who is real. And you have to be praying to the right God for your prayers to be answered. But still, sometimes we do pray. We pray. We know who God is. We, we, we have lear- we've learned about him. We know him through Christ. We're in the gospel. We're in Christ. We know who he is. And we still pray, how long? 
How long? And this is the prayer of the people of God through the ages. How long until we can have kids? Or how long until, God, you give me a job or you provide a spouse or you heal my mom or you save my grandkids or you remove this pain from me or you show yourself to me or you lift up my heart or encourage my heart in the midst of this anxiety or this depression or you deliver me from this ongoing besetting sin or struggle or how long until uh, we get to get back out to normal life? How long till school's back in session? How long, O Lord? One writer says that uh, this implies that the prophet had already spent deep time in petition to God out of his deep concern for the prevailing circumstances of his day. Many times he had returned with a heartbroken over the awful situation to pray and to pray over and over again. Finally, he has come to the point of total puzzlement, utter puzzlement over the silence of God. He can't understand how the Almighty can allow the situation to continue any longer. The prayer of how long assumes you've been praying in an ongoing way. Um, the Apostle Paul, when he was dealing with his thorn in the flesh, says, I pleaded with the Lord three times three times, and the Lord answered, my grace is sufficient for you. So, so the, the, the parable of the persistent widow, you have to be persistent in prayer. Persist in prayer. Be, be bringing those things before God. And Habakkuk says, how long shall I, must I call for help? Prayer, prayer that's questioning uh, God. Well, well, I'm calling for help. I'm seeing all of the problems and the decay around me, spiritual and, and cultural decay. I'm seeing the brokenness in families. I'm seeing the vulnerable exploited. I'm seeing all of these things that are going wrong, both locally and globally. I'm seeing the spread of this pandemic and praying against it. And I'm crying out to help. And Lord, you, how long will I cry for help or call for help and you don't listen? And I cry out about violence and you don't save. God uh, here shows us through Habakkuk what it means to pray and pray even when it feels like God isn't listening. Um, we've all had the experience, right, where you text someone if you have an iPhone, maybe not all of us, but a lot of us, and uh, the other person, the little, the little three-dot bubble comes up, and it just is there, and it's like, and it's, especially if it's a a tense conversation or something where you're really anticipating the answer and you're just waiting and waiting and waiting. And then that bubbles up there for like three minutes and you're like, oh my goodness, this is going to be like an epistle. You know, this is going to be like paragraphs of text. And then it just goes, the bubble like disappears and it's just, there's no response. This is what Habakkuk's going through. He's waiting for God to respond and God isn't responding. He's praying for help and help isn't arriving. He's, he's telling God that there's all of this injustice, all of this brokenness, all of this sin that isn't in accord with God's will. And he's praying in accord with God's will. And God isn't responding. He's not delivering. Israel was undergoing violence and God wasn't bringing salvation, at least in that moment. Christians today are suffering all over the world. People are suffering all over the world and we're praying. We're asking God to stem the tide. Um, we're setting up for our church um, a conference called Prayer Line and we're going to be praying. We've been praying. You've been praying individually. And at this point, it's, it's, it, the virus and the problems are still continuing. 
Where is God? Why isn't he responding? Why isn't he bringing deliverance? And that's the second question. How long? Then the second question. Habakkuk asks the Lord, why? Why? Look at verse 3, Habakkuk 1.3. Why do you force me to look at injustice? Why do you force me to look at injustice? That's a, a powerful image. Some, someone being forced to watch heartbreaking suffering. Why is this happening? Why is this happening to me? Why aren't you doing something, Lord? Why are you tolerating wrongdoing? Why are, why are you letting all of this happen? Lord, you could stop it. As, as Christians, we believe God could stop it. So why isn't he? Then, then look what Habakkuk does. He goes on to describe his situation in verse 3. Why? He asks the question, and then he describes his situation. And now the thing is, God already knows. God already knows what Habakkuk's seen. God has seen, whoops, sorry. Uh, God has seen the same thing Habakkuk has seen. But still, Habakkuk describes his situation. He says, oppression and violence are right in front of me. Strife is ongoing and conflict escalates. So he's describing his situation to God. And, and we need to do the same thing. We need to describe the situation to God. What we're experiencing, we need to, we need to tell him. You say, well, he knows it anyway. Well, that's, that's true. He does know it anyway, but he still wants to hear from us. He still wants to hear from us what it is we're seeing, what it is we're going through, what it is we've experienced, what it is we're suffering, what it is we're wondering. Um, some of us have been through terrible things, abuse, abandonment, violence, terror. Christians in other places are suffering. Several years ago, there was the mass beheadings of Christians by ISIS. There, there's, there's horrible things that are happening. We're seeing fear sweep across the world and across our nation. We're seeing uh, death and, and, and this, this disease spread across the nation. We're seeing uh, it bring a collapse of of markets and economic stability and financial catastrophe. And we're, we're, we're sick to our stomach in some ways because we know these things shouldn't be this way. We know in our, in our deep within us that, that God didn't design the world to be like this. God did not design the world to have pandemics sweep across the globe in a matter of weeks. He didn't that wasn't part of his good and created intention for the world. The world is broken and it's not the way it's supposed to be. And we need to bring those things to God and we need to say, God, this is what I'm seeing. This is what I'm experiencing. This is what's happening. God, why is this happening? The thing is, you're already asking it. You're already asking it. So you might as well tell God what you're already asking. You might as well bring that question to God. You must, you got to bring with faith the questions that you already have in your heart. Protest and question and ask from a place of faith. God loves it when we bring those hard questions to him. Those hard questions are already simmering in our hearts and our minds. The faithful response, the response that's full of faith is to bring those things to God directly. Then in verse 4, Habakkuk continues, this is why the law is ineffective and justice never emerges, because the wicked restrict the righteous and therefore justice comes out 
perverted. The law is the revelation of God's will, and justice is the way things are supposed to be in God's good design. So the law is ineffective. The revelation of God's will, we think of the Ten Commandments and and the, the regulations God gave to the people through Moses. The law is ineffective, and justice never emerges. So, so these, these are parallel statements, um, a little how to read the Bible tip. Uh, when you get into the scripture and you see the poetic portions, that's where it's, you know, there's the jagged edge line. That, that means it's, it's Hebrew poetry, unlike something like this, which is Hebrew prose or narrative. It's all blocks. Habakkuk is a book that's written as a prophetic poetic book. So it's, it's actually written in Hebrew poetry. And Hebrew poetry uses a... Um, poetic device called parallelism, where one line will then uh, repeat, build upon, or contrast with the previous line. So like our poetry, often we use like rhyming or different different poetic devices. Hebrew poetry uses something called parallelism. So it says the law is ineffective, and then parallel, justice never emerges. And so you're seeing here this, this correlation between law and justice and ineffective law and unemerging or, or justice that doesn't emerge. And so, so these things are standing parallel to each other. He's saying, he's saying, God, the way you design things and the way you said that things are supposed to go, they're not working. It's not working. The law exists, but it's impotent. It's powerless. It's immobile. Justice gets stopped before it can arrive, that, that, that there's all of these perversions of the way God designed the world, both in terms of the, the created dysfunction because of sin and then direct human wickedness where people are oppressing one another. We see oppression and we see brokenness in our world all over the place. We see this across uh, all sorts of spheres of class difference and, and ethnic difference. We see all of these injustices that that take place in our world. We see human slavery and human trafficking. We see um, Tom Hanks and professional NBA players are able to get the COVID-19 test like that. And average people, low-income people, they're, they're waiting and waiting and can't get a test. There, there's, there's inequity, there's injustice, there's brokenness in our world. Why is that? Habakkuk's asking, why is that? And then he explains this final, this final uh, two lines of his question before the Lord. For the wicked restrict the righteous, therefore justice goes forth perverted. Again, um, Hebrew parallelism. Wicked and justice. Wicked is contrasting with justice, and righteous is contrasting um, with perverted. There's this, there's this parallelism that's happening. Um, and what, he, what he's saying is, is this is like what, what we call, it's like, it's, it's an example of this is brackish water. I don't know if you know what brackish water is. It's, it's water that's not fully salty and not fully fresh. It's like this weird mixture of both fresh and salt water. And, um, and, and because it's brackish and it's neither fresh nor salt, um, it's really good for neither thing that, that both types of, of water are, are, are useful for and, and can provide in the environment and, and the world. And uh, it's sort of like the um, Church of Laodicea that, that are neither hot nor cold. They're lukewarm. And so the Lord spits, him, spits them out of, out of his mouth. It's neither. Um, it's not 
it's it's this corrupt and perverted justice that that isn't truly justice at all the the wicked restrict the righteous and justice comes out perverted there's this brokenness in the world we see this in our day in our day right with with the the holocaust of unborn children and in the abortion uh, industry racial discrimination millions and billions millions maybe billions of people who don't have clean water aids running rampant in africa due to no fault of many many people uh, as victims many many do you know may do uh, things that they shouldn't do but many are just victims of of this this epidemic many in the in the um, in the pand- current pandemic of covid-19 and coronavirus they're just victims they're victims of this brokenness that's swept across the world fatherlessness Lostness. I mean, you saw, I know you saw, like I did, these guys that are like stockpiling hand sanitizer and they bought out stores all across the state. I think it was in Tennessee. And, and then they, they're, they're trying to sell it at a premium on Amazon, but then Amazon shut down their business. So they have in this place where everyone's trying to keep the germs down, they have all of this sanitizer, all of these Clorox and Lysol wipes. And, uh, and, and, and it's just, it's injustice, it's brokenness, it's unrighteousness. This is what Habakkuk is addressing in the life of the people of Israel. Um, and this is, this is the question that he brings before God. Um, it's a place of faithful protest. And so I just want to encourage you, um, when you are having questions about things in the world, you must, you've got to bring those things to the God who created the world. When, when you're questioning God, you must direct your questions to God. When you have questions about God, you must, you've got to bring those questions to God. Don't just wonder about God. Don't just protest. Don't just want, don't, don't, don't just think and doubt in your heart, but bring those things directly to the Lord. It, it might look like Habakkuk is defiant or doubtful, Um, But in this prayer and these three verses, we see an act of faith because it's it's one more time where Habakkuk comes. He says, I've been praying every day for weeks and months and maybe years, and I haven't heard back anything. How long, O Lord? Why, O Lord? And yet this prayer, this faithful prayer, this complaint and this lament is an act of faith because one more time Habakkuk stepping out in faith and trusting that God will hear him and God will respond. The fact that he is praying is a sign of his hope. And sometimes that prayer is is all we can say is help. All we can say is, Lord, please. But those prayers are an act of faith. They're an act of hope. One of my favorite movies is The Shawshank Redemption. And um, one of the things at the the end of the movie, one uh, character, Andy Dufresne, writes a letter to another um, uh, Red, uh, played by Morgan Freeman, Andy Dufresne, played by Tim Robbins. And he says, Red, uh, hope is a good thing and maybe the best of things and no good thing ever dies. When I was in college, a friend um, had a poster in his garage of the Shawshank Redemption and it's uh, Andy Dufresne after getting out of prison in the in the l- late morning, uh, early morning while it's still dark out and the lights of the, the prison shining on him but he's outside and he's free and his hands are up and the, the tagline is, fear can hold you prisoner but hope can set you free. 
So I just want to encourage you to bring to God in faith and in hope those questions. How to question God in faith. Number one, bear your burden well in verse one. Number two, protest from a place of faith, verses two through four. Two questions, how long, O Lord? Why, Lord? And God can take it. God wants you to bring those things to him. So I encourage you to do that. We'll continue tomorrow. Um, probably tomorrow. I'm actually defending my dissertation tomorrow, so we'll see. But um, we're going to continue almost daily doing these studies in Habakkuk um, in verse 5, because finally, finally Habakkuk gets his answer from the Lord. I'm looking forward to hearing that. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for um, this model of faithful questioning and complaint and lament and protest that yet that once more Habakkuk in the midst of his his fear in the midst of his doubt in the midst of the injustice and miss in the midst of the questioning brings these things to you and he, he he brings them as an act of faith I pray we would do the same thing and we would pray from a place of expectant faith in the midst of all that's broken and going wrong in our lives and in our world, in the midst of our questions, in the midst of our doubts, that we would bring those things to you as an act of faith in faithful hope and that we would have living faith in this season of crisis. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, I will see you all probably tomorrow. Um, and I think tomorrow we might start at 1230 actually. Um, And so uh, be on the lookout for that. I love you. I'm praying for you. I will see you soon.